Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast, presented by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. Get 15% off your online order with a promo code HEELS15. Go to jerseymikes.com slash order now. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegley here with Don Callahan talking UNC football recruiting. Don, man, it's been a while since we talked. Uh, it's kind of been an all quiet on the Western front type situation when it comes to recruiting. The summer is over with. This is obviously the week of Cal. So I'd assume that the coaches, that their focus has kind of moved on to game prep a little bit more so than recruiting. Um, why don't we just start off there and get your, your general thoughts on, you know, kind of how things are going to be shaping up moving forward now. Yeah, just to kind of, I guess, touch on what you mentioned, you know, the the month of August really has kind of turned into a dead zone. I don't want to say dead period because there, that's actually a, a term in recruiting. And a lot of that is obviously the the college coaches are preparing for their season. The uh, high schools, they start most, most high schools, most states, they start with their preparation and actually even games. I mean, North Carolina, the states of North Carolina and Georgia, they've already played two games already. Um, so obviously, the, you know, a couple of weeks before that, they start practice. So that, that's their focus. But really, a couple of years ago, what really kind of made this officially a dead period, figuratively and literally, is the fact that the NCAA implemented a dead period in the month of, of August. So now there's really nothing going on. Uh, there's a couple, couple of commits here and there, nothing that really has a whole lot to do with North Carolina, but um, for the most part, everybody's kind of focusing on their current teams. Um, but so right now, a lot of that will kind of continue for a little bit this week. But um, I think what you'll see is a lot of coaches start to kind of um, uh, plan visitors that are coming up uh, because the the de- dead period ends uh, on September first when the the season actually starts for the oh the. Oh, I guess I shouldn't say the season actually started on this past Saturday. There were, there were like three or four games, but uh, for most schools, the the season starts this weekend and and they'll have uh, recruits come up. North Carolina obviously won't be one of them because their home opener isn't for another couple of weeks, but um, you know, the UNC coaches definitely have been preparing for that opening weekend that or home opening weekend for as far as as far as who's going, what recruits are going to visit North Carolina. The other thing is, and this is something that the staff really for this year they they they're being very very proactive, particularly in state for the for the um, underclassmen, the 2020 recruits and the 2021 recruits. And if you have been on Inside Carolina, you would know that UNC actually sent out was it I think it's three in-state offers this past week, and a lot of that was purely off of. 2020 guys that the staff really liked from what they saw the prior season, liked what they saw maybe in a camp setting, um, but wanted just to see a little bit from them during the um, during the first game of their junior season. And so UNC ended up sending out 
uh, scholarship offers to three 2020 in-state guys. And that's something I think you're going to see a little bit more uh, in the in the future is just um, being a l- being much more proactive, particularly in state from from this from this season four because I mean that's just the nature of how um, the recruiting calendar is turning into. It's just you have to be early. If you're not early, then you end up being late. Yeah, the uh, guys that I talked to, Mike Ingersoll and EJ Wilson, when we sat down with them and, and did a podcast talking about their recruitments, you know, they mentioned that really they didn't start until almost their senior year, really. But stuff has changed. I mean, when you're talking about 2021 guys, I mean, those are rising juniors, I guess. And or no, they would be rising sophomores, Don, for 2021. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, 2021 rising sophomores. Yep. Yeah. But, you know, it's like you said, I mean, that's becoming pretty commonplace for guys that young to be getting these offers from you know, Division One schools and top tier programs. So I'm glad to hear that the staff is is kind of focusing on that. But when you're looking at the schedule, as you mentioned, Carolina is playing its first game away at Cal. But after that is the home game um, coming up against Central Florida. So, you know, do you think that at this point in time, the staff is kind of working on getting their list of who they want to invite to that game? Or do you think that that's largely already been done by this time? I think that they are working on that list and will continue to work on it because I think it's, it ends up being a work in progress until really, really up until kickoff. But, uh, but uh, for the most part, up until a couple of days before that game, you're, you're working on that list because you know, you're dealing with high school kids. that have a lot going on. They don't know what's going to be going on this, that Saturday, which is still a couple of weeks away. You know, what sort of transportation that they're going to need if they're going to have to rely on the parents or if they can, you know, uh, use a coach to get them there and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, so, you know, usually what ends up happening for UNC's home opener is a lot of commits definitely come. And mm-hmm. particularly, I mean, the in-state guys are going to come almost every week. That's just, that's just how it is. Uh, but the out-of-state guys usually tend to make the opener if they can. And then usually try to make a second game somewhere in the season. But you will also see some of North Carolina's top targets come. The other thing with with this this sped up recruiting calendar, which we've been talking about, is that people are going to get so frustrated because they're going to look at the recruit list, both the expected visitors and then the end up confirmed visitors. And they're not going to see a whole lot of 2019 guys on there other than the commits. And it's going to be frustrating. And the thing is, is that, because of the speed of the calendar, the 2019 pool of targets really has shrunk so much because you're you're really kind of focused on just a, a select group of guys at this point, at this stage of the recruiting cycle. So what you're going to see is a lot of 2020 guys and a lot of 2021 guys. And that's going to be the important thing for this season is getting those guys on campus as much as possible because the 2019 guys basically have a set group of, most of them have a set group of, uh, of schools they're looking at. They know where they want to go and that sort of thing. And that's going to be their focus. So, so, and they, for the most part, have a lot of um, the information that they need to make their decisions. So don't expect week in and week out a bunch of 2019 guys. I mean, there will be some, but uh, don't get frustrated if, uh, if the opening weekend, you don't see it, a bunch of 2019 guys, you'll, you'll be lucky to see one or two. Yeah. And I think that that's very important for everyone to, to kind of recognize going into this season. I, mean, I know myself, I, I will not be used to that, but I mean, it just what well, happened last year times. happened last year, too. And a lot of people yeah. will get frustrated. And it's just yeah. it's just the way the recruiting cycle has been going. 
It isn't, and I think that's a very fair point. I mean, I think the last year, and correct me if I'm wrong, Don, but wasn't a situation where UNC had a few more open spots on its roster going into the season last year? Not on the roster, but on the recruiting, because you know, last year Carolina closed very strong in December. But I, I don't know. I just get the feeling that that in this recruiting class, they're not really looking to fill a whole lot of gaps. I feel that the staff has kind of taken a large number of guys that, that they think will count towards their ultimate uh, class number. I would have to actually kind of go back. Um, I don't feel like that was necessarily the case. I feel like it's give or take. It's basically the same amount of guys. Mm-hmm. I remember the big thing that happened last year was uh, Tyler Shook decommitting from North Carolina, actually decommitting late on a Friday night. Yeah. Um, and, and then um, North Carolina had a, had a game a home game the next day. And that kind of really um, put in motion, you know, who was going to be North Carolina's second quarterback commit because obviously Jace Ruder was, was committed at the time. But um, yeah, I don't remember. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. And my, my memory is, is, is absolutely the worst when it comes to stuff like that. But um, I could always look back and, and see what, what, if that, if, you, if what you're saying is true. Well, and it might just be me just kind of misremembering things too, because, you know, I think, the overall view of last year's class going into the season was much higher than this season. Last year, Carolina had some uh, four-star guys that were committed. Um, I think they were still chasing maybe some, like, I don't quite know if they had had all the receivers committed at, at no, this they, point they didn't. Um, Antoine yeah. green, actually UNC wasn't really, they had offered, but they weren't a big player for Antoine green. He had committed to Florida state and was committed to Florida state up until, um, Florida State uh, or Jim uh, Jimbo Fisher left Florida State, and then um, Taggart took over, and that yeah. opened the door for for him. Um, but Diami was committed, and and uh, your your uh, man crush uh, Jordan Adams. I know uh, <laughs> he he was committed, but then he just broke your heart at, at the uh, last I second. I mean, I, I can't blame Jordan though, but yeah, and you know, and I think having those guys kind of maybe helped shape the perspective there, Don. But mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it kind of is what it is. But hey, let's go ahead and real quick, let's do one of our our live read ads here, Don. And this one's going to be for Jersey Mike's. So you know, hopefully this doesn't make you as hungry as it makes me because I I love Jersey Mike's. I mean, they're they're my favorite sub chain. But you know, we're very happy to announce that the Inside Carol- Carolina podcast has partnered with Jersey Mike's Subs of Chapel Hill in order to offer our listeners a very special deal. Our guys at Jersey Mike's, Charlie Clinton Griffin, they're all UNC fans and local residents who love the heels. And right now, they have offered a deal for the Inside Carolina podcast listeners. It's 15% off of your order with the code HEELS15. Now, that is on online orders, so you will have to be using the online Jersey Mike system in order to get that 15% off. But it's very easy to do. You just go online at jerseymikes.com order and click on the location nearest you in the Chapel Hill area. Enter HEELS15 and get 15% off of your whole order. You then skip the line, head straight to the register, grab your food, and you're on your way. So place your online order today at one of the four locations. Those are in Chapel Hill off of Elliott Road, off of MLK, and then in Falcon Bridge off on 54 off of I-40, and also the location in Hillsboro. So those are the four locations where you can get 15% off. And, and again, that's HEELS15. 
Place your order today because there's no denying that Jersey Mike subs are delicious. So take advantage of this deal and support the IC podcast. All right, so let's get back to it then, Don. Um, again, you know, I, I just ate lunch, so I'm not that. <laughs> I have hungry, not. But... I have not eaten lunch yet. Yeah, I mean, well, with you being, you know, uh, for those that are listening, hopefully that they, they know this, Don. But with you being a, you know, Philly guy, I would imagine that that you do enjoy your cheesesteaks every now and then, right? I I, I absolutely love cheesesteaks, but I'm gonna be honest, I'm I'm very partial to some of the local 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 stuff in uh-huh. Philadelphia. So, but uh, I mean, I'm a huge I'm a huge sub guy, um, you know. So yeah, so that's that's definitely one of my probably one of my favorite foods, if not my favorite, is is cheesesteak sub sort of. Now in Philadelphia, we call them hoagies. Oh so, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I I mean I, yeah, I I would love to have a uh, a sub for lunch, but that's probably not going to be in the cards for me today. So uh, I do have some just... traveling, so maybe I'll get a little lucky while I'm on the road this uh, this this uh, coming week and maybe um i do have to uh, stop by chapel hill so uh maybe I'll, I'll jump into uh jersey mics while while i'm out there there you go man if not then just uh convince buck to send you delivery food since you're <laughs> yeah they're just working 24 7 all right let's get back to it though don where we left off the discussion we were talking about kind of the overall class and the numbers and perception and kind of in in line with that you posted on the message boards uh, last week. I don't remember the exact date, Don, but it was the state of recruiting. And you know, from reading over that, uh, there wasn't a whole lot in there that I was I was necessarily surprised on. The one name was Jaden McKenzie. I was really hoping that he might give a commitment if he was going to pick the heels over the summer. It sounds as if he's going to wait. And, you know, really, it sounds like the heels are in a holding pattern right now with a lot of their still remaining top targets. Yeah. And with Jaden in particular, the thing that we, we got to really kind of remember is that this is a trend with the Wake Forest high school recruits. They, they've had a bunch of them. And North Carolina has been fortunate the past couple of classes to sign at least one. The only kind of outlier here is uh Javon Terry, who committed at the Freak Show last year. Um, but other than him, uh, Devin Lawrence and Zach Gill, they they took their time. Even as the recruiting calendar, as we've been talking about, has sped up, they still kind of took their time, took their official visits in season. Another thing that isn't, uh, I don't want to say it's rare, but it's not as common as it used to be. And, uh, you know, even even though he didn't end up in North Carolina or really consider them too much towards the end, Dexter Lawrence, another guy from uh, Wake Forest High School that took his time, took his official visits and made a decision. So I think Jaden is heading in the same direction. I get the feel that uh, that he wants to stay close to home. He won't come out and say that, but it's pretty obvious when when you're talking to him, he wants to stay pretty close to home. His top three are North Carolina, Duke and Wake Forest. You know, he has some interest in, in Clemson and in um, Ohio State, but they, they're just schools that I guess are more kind of um, intriguing to him. They, they sent him an offer recently and, uh, well, recently as in, in a couple of months ago, and so he wants to make visits. He, he's already visited Clemson, but still wants to make a visit to Ohio State. But really, this is going to come down to the in-state schools, and I just can't see him, if, if he does indeed stay in-state, I can't see him go anywhere but North Carolina. He won't call them a leader, but... Um, you gotta you gotta view them as the, as the team to beat. If we were, you know, handicapping the situation, you know, North Carolina would definitely have the odds in their favor. 
Yeah, and you mentioned that on the defensive line, you know, the late addition of Brant Lawless, that that definitely helps out this year's recruiting class. Even though Lawless is a 2018 recruit, he kind of takes one away from the pool, so the staff now doesn't have to sign as many guys. Now, they might still do that, but at least there's not, you know, that that really kind of pressure on them is how I would put it. And the other guy, too, is Tamari Fox. Um, I think you interviewed him, Don, and he had some positive things to say about UNC. So he's definitely another name that I think Heels fans need, need to keep an eye on. And then, you know, in the secondary, one of the remaining four-star guys was J.R. Walker. Didn't really touch on him too much, Don. I mean, is there really any movement in Walker's recruitment at this point, or is he really just going to take his visits and go from there? I think the the way that the defensive back recruiting is shaping up, North Carolina has four commits at the position, which is which is a lot. And um they really only have one spot left and that spot basically is is kind of sitting there with with Tony Davis's name on it. And mm-hmm. Tony has uh, we actually broke the story of him he actually decommitted from Duke a long time ago, but kept yeah. it quiet for uh, almost two months, I think it was. And, um, you know, we broke the story on that. And then we also broke the story on the fact that he was going to, or is going to make a verbal commitment on September 21st, which is, uh, he's going to do it during one of his football games, either before or at halftime. I don't think they've worked out the logistics exactly yet, but, um, so the, the hope is that for North Carolina, the hope is that Tony Davis ends up taking that last DB spot and with Duke when, when the news broke that that he had decommitted and all that other stuff Duke actually pulled a scholarship offer and which is interesting because Tony told me at the time this is before Duke pulled the offer that Duke was the team to beat but North Carolina was number two so obviously yeah Tony doesn't do a lot of interviews but I think if if uh, we got an update interview with him he would say North Carolina was the team to beat unless he's trying to create some sort of uh, suspense. So so things are looking good in that situation. The thing is, is J.R. Walker is an unbelievable athlete, a great player. So North Carolina is going to recruit him, but they're really kind of pushing their chips in all, all in the middle of the table for um, for Tony Davis. J.R. Walker is scheduled. Well, he told me he has an official visit scheduled to North Carolina for actually that weekend of um, uh, UCF game. Um, so, so, so he is still considering North Carolina, North Carolina is still recruiting him, but I think that he's going to come down to a South Carolina NC State battle, and it's just going to be it's going to be difficult for North Carolina to kind of get into that dogfight at this point, but I don't think that it matters too much for them because they should get their guy in Tony Davis, and, and really, to me, you know, anybody who, who hasn't watched his film or seen just his pure athleticism for his size, I mean, he's a legit 6'1 kid. And the athleticism, the back pedal for a kid that size is amazing. I mean, he's he's a he's going to be a huge pickup from North Carolina. Might be kind of the face of this class, you know, if and when he commits. Well, that's certainly positive news. Getting those type of athletes in the secondary is an absolute must in the current day and age of football. I mean, teams are passing it more and more. So if you have guys that, like you said, Don can back pedal, keep their balance, keep their hips correct, you know, that's a huge asset there. 
Let's take a moment, though, real quick, guys, to talk about a way to go travel. Have you always wanted to go to a road UNC football or basketball game? Well, now is your chance. Heels Travel has partnered with Inside Carolina to provide easy and simple travel for UNC away games. Chuck Joyce, who's the president of Away to Go Travel, is a Greensboro native and diehard Carolina fan. He wanted to find a better, easier, and more efficient way to get to away games. So right now, Heels Travel is selling packages to get you to the East Carolina game on September 8th and the Virginia game on October 27th. Both are day bus trips that leave from Chapel Hill and get you back safely once the game is over. It makes the process of getting to away games easy. You can ride with other diehard UNC fans, and you don't have to worry about parking or having to drive. Visit HeelsTravel.com now or call 336-855-0060 to book. That's HeelsTravel.com, or you can call 336-855-0060. Also, be on the lookout for Heels Travel selling packages for UNC's trip to Las Vegas over Thanksgiving weekend. There's no better way to spend the holidays than watching the Tar Heels play two games in the desert, and you can enjoy everything Las Vegas has to offer. That package includes round-trip airfare from RDU Airport and three nights at the Aria Resort and Casino. So again, that's HeelsTravel.com or call 336-855-0060 now to book your trip. And now back to the podcast. Let's uh, talk real quick, though, about the offensive line. You mentioned you had a brief blurb on William Harrod. He's a four-star guy. I personally have not given UNC much of a chance in his recruitment. It sounds like I may have, you know, be a little bit too pessimistic there. Let's go ahead and um, close out the talk about the state of recruiting with that, though, Don. You know, where do you see Harrod, and then what about the rest of the O-line guys? Well, North Carolina definitely has a chance with Harrod. And, you know, Michigan has been viewed as the team to beat for much of his recruitment. And in his mind, they probably are his leader. But from what I'm hearing is Michigan might not be in the position to take him at this point. And that obviously is going to factor into where he ends up going. So so North Carolina definitely has a shot with him. Uh, there's some other big fish out there, such as Ja'Kai Moore. But I think Ja'Kai is basically a lock for Penn State. There's also Darnell Wright, which North Carolina is going to be in it to the very end because of Darnell's relationship with Billy Ross. I don't think it makes him a lock by any stretch of the imagination, but it will definitely help North Carolina because it's been bringing him back to Chapel Hill. He probably has visited Chapel Hill more than any other school, or at least it's up there. And um, but I think you know he's he's a national guy, so it's it's always kind of dicey to make any sort of predictions with him. Tennessee is has a lot of um, pull within his recruitment because his coach is a big Tennessee fan. Um, and then, you know, I mean, he's, he, he's visited Alabama, you know, anytime Alabama is involved, it's always kind of scary. A guy that I think North Carolina has a really, really good shot with awesome Richards. And we're actually going to have a story with him. He hasn't done an interview um, in, I don't know, like four or five months, but we were able to get an interview with him and we're going to be posting that on Monday. We're actually recording this on Sunday but we're going to run this, um, John can correct me if I'm wrong, run this sometime on Monday. So by the time you actually uh, hear this, the Awesome Richards story should be up. I'm not going to guarantee it, but it should be up. It will definitely be up early next week. Um, he has some really good things to say about North Carolina um, and where his recruitment is. A lot of very positive stuff. I, so I urge everyone to check check that story out. 
you know, and, and a couple other guys to um, to watch are, are recent offers. Liam Dick, who's a um, offensive lineman from Canada, that um, you know, big kid, um, six seven. Um, you know, obviously, he's getting a, a different sort of, uh, I guess, development in in uh, in Canada compared to what you know kids under the border are getting. <laughs> Another kid, uh, Jamie Simmons, is a kid who actually visited during that brief break from the summer dead period and came away with the scholarship offer. He has already set up an official visit to North Carolina for December. So, um, I mean, he's a guy that I think North Carolina is a really good shot with, um, especially the fact that he already has an official visit set up. Louisville is probably the biggest competition. Well, it definitely is the biggest competition for him at this point. But there are some SEC schools that have yet to offer but are kind of keeping them warm just in case they need to offer if they miss on one of their um, – their higher ranked targets. Well, and you mentioned there uh, that the story on Asim Richards is coming out on Monday. So let's go ahead and wrap up the podcast, teasing something else that should be coming out on Monday, Don. And that is your next version of the Mott class. I think this would be 4.0, if I, I remember. I believe it's 4.0, but I'd have to go back and okay. look. It's either 4.0 or 5.0. Yeah. So, yeah. so as I was telling you off um, – off air there's like a 90 percent chance um you know the closer that we get to monday and we're getting pretty close to monday the the higher the chance is it's just there's there's some other factors as far as talking to sources and um things coming up and everything like that that kind of factors into just any sort of content planning that we do so and i know it's a uh it's one of our i guess pieces of content that people really really enjoy so i don't want to get anybody's hopes up but yes um, pretty sure it's going to be posted on Monday. So, um, you know, definitely, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a huge fan favor. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'll ask you, John, I mean, what, uh, you know, we do a lot of things on the recruiting side of things. What's kind of your favorite, where does the, uh, the mock class kind of rank for you? It's gotta be towards the top because, you know, and we, we say this to disclaimer all the time. These are, you know, your best guesses as things currently stand. So I usually really use them to kind of see where Carolina kind of sits currently with guys. And, you know, we, we've disagreed on some recruits, Don, in the past. You end up being right way more often than I am, which I don't just, know about it, that. <laughs> no, you do. Trust me. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think it's important for people just to kind of view that as like a snapshot. And it's especially very interesting to to see your thoughts on what positions the heels are still trying to recruit because to me that's kind of always been a very interesting subject is how many kids will Carolina take in a class you know a lot of the fans uh, accuse Larry Fedora of undersigning the staff definitely feels that they do not do that I think the numbers kind of show it's it kind of falls somewhere in the middle but I still think it's very interesting to see okay how many uh, how many guys are the heels paying take at X, Y, and Z positions? Um, because I think your info on that is usually pretty spot on. And aside from that, I mean, it's always fun to to see, you know, kind of if the heels are kind of in it at the moment for those higher and four star guys. You know, and I think last year the duo out of Florida that you know you and I discussed many times, both of us kind of had those guys going to Florida the entire time. And at the very end, they did commit to Carolina. So it's sometimes it's good to be wrong on these sorts of things. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think that, um, 
when I'm doing it, it it's 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 kind of like if signing day were today, and mm-hmm. that, that's important to remember because as of right now, and this is probably the, my biggest sticking point right now with my class, North Carolina wants to have a quarterback in this class. They just don't know what direction that can go, and, and this is touched on in the. In the state of recruiting that we we just talked about, so yeah. um, definitely read this for a more in depth kind of breakdown on what this situation is. So for me, I'm like, okay, this can go in a lot of different, very very different directions. So how do I handle that within the mock class? So um, I'm not going to give away where I'm leaning right now. I'll, I'll let people kind of look at the mock class tomorrow and or I'm sorry on Monday and kind of you know read it there. But yeah, I mean that's that that's that's the one thing. And there are always guys who jump on to the uh, the recruiting radar or maybe reappear on the recruiting radar like a like a Antoine Green who uh, I just can't account for. I mean I can't account for who's what what coaching staffs are are going to be fired in December and um, what might happen on UNC's roster that might require UNC to to get back in the market for a particular position. I mean, all those things, it's just, it's, it's just hard to kind of quantify and, and to, um, to, to kind of figure out when it comes to this stuff. So there's, there's a lot. And that's the key is kind of look at it as a snapshot of this point in time where things are. And I think the good thing that, that we, you know, and the reason why we do it a few times or several times throughout the year is it's kind of need to kind of look back and, and kind of see just how the, the class has kind of morphed throughout this the the year because it really mm-hmm. does uh, when you when you look at each each um edition of of the mock class yeah it definitely does and that's why i said it's kind of my favorite thing to look at is you can see you know which uh which areas are are still going to take guys which ones maybe aren't and yeah it, it's always fun you know it, it's it probably the the mock class and then your behind the scenes breakdowns of the commitments on those. The inside those are the my, commitment? Yeah, those are okay. definitely my my top so two. So we right actually there. posted one last week, mm-hmm. and uh, prob- probably going to post another one this week. But last week was um, Coleman Wright, who was actually the first uh, commitment from North Carolina in this class. So, what was your take from reading that? Well, it sounds like Coleman just knew what school he was going to go to from the very beginning. And when we talked with Coleman, you kind of got the sense that he really does like Carolina a lot. He likes Chapel Hill a lot. He has that very underdog type of mentality to him. And, you know, I think that that's something that he's just dealt with his entire career uh, in high school. But, you know, I think from from his comments, he, he sounds like a very intelligent young man. He certainly came across that in our interview. And I think he's he's a very good get for the heels in terms of just, you know, if nothing else than just getting a leader, both in the locker room, off the field, as well as someone who I think is really going to be competing as hard as he can on the field. Yeah, he's absolutely an incredible ambassador for for a football team, whether it's North Carolina or his or his high school team. You know, and the thing, too, and this is touched on a lot in the inside the commitment is he just has unbelievable speed and i think there's two people there's a lot of um you know arguing back and forth about the type of recruit he is and i think there's two things that you kind of have to remember that have contributed to his ranking and one is the fact that he he was injured a lot this last season which as anybody who follows recruiting knows your junior season ends up being 
your best season as far as what's going to um, go into ranking a kid or even evaluating from a college standpoint. And so um, the fact that he missed, I, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but he missed a few games with an injury that um, that definitely contributed to or hurt his uh, his stock. The other thing is, is he doesn't have a defined position. Even North Carolina is really kind of struggling to figure out where is he going to play? You know, is he a safety? Is he is he a um, a nickel? Is he just a return guy? Is he a guy that you can play at at uh, a back? You know what what is he? You know, but clearly you want that speed and you work want that work ethic. You want that leadership on your roster. You just don't know per, you know what position he's going to be at. I think he's prepared, though, to really compete anywhere that the staff wants him to. And they always say that one thing you can't teach is speed. So I think that that Coleman is going to be someone that, look, it, you know, if if he can't carve out a starting spot, he could be someone that's extremely valuable in terms of providing depth and even on special teams. Because when you're talking about just being able to get that straight line speed and make tackles, you know, it's, it's a very overlooked part of football, but when you can have guys that are that good and talented on your special teams, that's really what helps out those upper tier programs. Yeah. And he's a, a selfless kid. So he's a kid that, you know, however you use them, where you use them, you don't have to worry about him complaining, him not giving you a hundred percent or any of those things, because wherever you use them, he just wants to contribute. He's a very team first guy. We, we touched on it during our uh, podcast interview with him, with the, uh, the story that uh, he actually ran in a track meet. And then immediately after running the 200 meter dash, ran to a car, physically ran to a car, jumped in the car and drove across town to play in a baseball game mm-hmm. where he basically is only used as, you know, a base runner. And that's what he did in that game was they, they pitch ran with him. And I, I think he stole a base or two in the game, you know, and that's yeah. the type of kid. He just, he wants to contribute, even if it's just a little bit that that's what he's going to do. Now, I think that the ceiling is higher or it could be the ceiling is higher for him to, um, be more than just someone that you kind of throw out there one or two plays a game on a Saturday. I think he could potentially develop into something bigger than that. I mean, he's at a two A school right now, um, and so I, I think that uh, you know, a couple of years there is there is the potential that UNC can find out where that he fits best and he he just excels. Yeah, and like we've said a bunch of times now, just having those type of guys on your team is always going to be a positive. Let's go ahead and and wrap this one up, though, Don. Uh, We will be talking more so throughout the season. For everyone listening in, these will be kind of a weekly, regular podcast. Don and I will be recapping a little bit what happens in the recruitments during the weeks of the season. So we'll aim to be recording these on Sunday, releasing them in the afternoon on Mondays. So everyone stay tuned for that. Uh, At this point, Don, unless if you have anything else, man, I think we're good to go ahead and wrap it up. No, uh, I'm I'm good. We we can get about our day. I um, got some preparation to do, and I know you have some preparation to do also with your uh, your secret day job. Yes, yeah. There's always work to be done, and you know Sundays, unfortunately, they are very rarely a rest day. But um, that's that'll about do it for us then. So to everyone listening in, we always appreciate it. For myself and for Don, have a good one, everyone. We'll talk with you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Inside Carolina podcast presented by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. 
Get 15% off your online order with the promo code HEELS15. Go to jerseymikes.com slash order now. Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie.